We're here with another episode of Hear the Spear, presented by Noel Game Day. I'm Ryan Stalder, accompanied by my co-host Ethan Vaughn. Today we're going to discuss a little Clemson recap, absolutely no Delaware State preview, a little bit on uh, the current NFL Knowles, and some on the state of the program uh, as, it, as it is going forward. So what's going on, Ethan? Not a whole lot. Just getting used to, to doing these podcasts after a loss. Yep, that's how we roll now. Three and six. Uh, a very disappointing loss on Saturday in Death Valley to uh, number three, I believe, Clemson. Um, Florida State definitely had a shot in, in that game, Ethan. What did you take away from it? Well, to me, it was kind of, you know, going into the game, I didn't, you know, didn't really have any expectations, kind of expected to get beat pretty handily. And then the fact that they, like, stayed in the game and had a chance to tie it down the stretch kind of even made the loss that much worse. But um, overall, I I was impressed, and I kind of knew that the defense was going to play well. What I didn't really know is um, Kelly Bryant doesn't look that good. Like, I I think Clemson's a a very good team, but I also don't think that they're a team that could necessarily – I I think there's a lot of parity at the top of college football this year. There's probably – seven eight teams that are that are right i don't i don't think alabama is, is like a runaway runaway this year as they have been in the past i still think they win it this year but even with that being said i don't really see clemson as a legit national title type team right now because they're because of the quarterback yeah just because right. of the quarterback let me pose this question other than oklahoma name the the top teams in the country that have an elite quarterback Okay, I think Alabama. I, no, Miami, I think Jalen. No. I, I would take Jalen Hurts over Kelly Bryant. Okay, but it's, he's not nearly elite. He, no, 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 no. I didn't say he was elite. Hit, he just holds their receivers back so bad. Um, hold on. So Alabama, no. Uh, Miami, no. Clemson, no. I would say Notre Dame. They were elite, I guess, and no. Um, what are the other Wisconsin? No. Like this is a very, 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 very down. So it just just something to point out that we might as well we might get if Oklahoma gets knocked out we might be getting to the championship game with two with Jalen Hurts and Kelly Bryant or something or Malik Rozier and um, the Wisconsin quarterback you know what I mean Okay so then I pose this question to you Um, why then does FSU's offense is it so like quarterback correlated when when you see these other offenses it, it, it when they have that running aspect for their quarterback don't necessarily because that's a commonality with a bunch of the guys you just mentioned even like right. baker baker mayfield can run a little bit but you know jalen hurts can run for sure kelly bryant can run for sure malik rogier all those guys can run a little bit and so i think we're seeing that at the top of college football right now to a certain extent is, is having those kind of quarterbacks that I guess aren't your traditional sit in the pocket and dice you up for three, 400 yards. About the only one up at the top right now is Baker Mayfield. And even he, even he has a little bit of a, he's not a traditional like pocket passer type guy. He can run around a little bit. And, and so I think what you're seeing right now is the benefit of having a dual threat type guy, you know, at the helm of your offense, because it makes, it makes it so much harder for for teams to defend you when you have that extra threat of your quarterback being able to run and and we see that with Florida State like Florida State hasn't been good at at defending dual threat quarterbacks and that's because nobody is pretty much 
it, it, it puts so much stress on your defense, and, and it's just not something that's really feasible to ask your defense to totally shut down, whereas a pocket passer is a little bit easier of an ask in terms of you know limiting them sometimes. So I think that's something that it just kind of proves that that, that type of play, having a dual-threat type guy, is something that's extremely valuable and can make it a lot easier for your offense to have consistent success across uh, you know, a whole season. All right, I swear this started out as you posing a question to me, and I'm not sure if you got lost in the sauce or what happened. I got lost in the sauce, man. Okay, so I agree with you, though. I think uh, I just don't think FSU right now, and this is because of the choice to not recruit one, but they don't have a ro- quarterback on their roster right now who's a good runner with DeAndre Francois being out. And even DeAndre Francois is not an exceptional uh, runner. But we know we've seen Blackman. One, he's too small to run. Two, he's not that good at it. Um, Bailey Hockman, not a runner. J.J. Constantino, far, far from a runner. Man, you're discounting the great option of Akers and the Wildcat. And maybe Akers and the Wildcat. I know he can run. We'll get <laughs> into that in a little bit. We saw him run um, Saturday, even though he didn't have the best yardage game. He had a nice, uh, <laughs> what I don't know, tr- like truck. It, like, it was a truck. The only thing, the only thing I could call it, it looked like a car accident to me with all that uh, mass hitting each other, going head on. Uh, yeah, between he, the hit between him and number 57, Clemson's linebacker, who is 6'4", 250, uh, whose name is... Trey Lamar. Trey Lamar. Uh, Cam Akers hit him in the hole. Um, Lamar was not coming off a block. He was coming downhill, straight in the hole, and Akers put him on his back, which you have to assume Akers is only going to get better as a running back for Florida State. We've touched on this before, but that is huge for the rebuilding of Florida State's uh program or team or however you want to look at it because we saw last year what Jimbo can do with the elite running back and even just a competent offense uh, surrounding him such as DeAndre Francois last year's offensive line and last year's receiving group Um, one thing you said earlier that I just want to touch on is about how Florida State's offense has been so bad this year um, without an elite quarterback and all those other schools don't have elite quarterbacks one thing I will say is I think if James Blackman was third year like Kelly Bryan is, or like I think Brandon Wimbush might be second year for Notre Dame, or Malik Rozier's third or fourth year, I think if he was third or fourth year, it would be a totally different offense, and I've said that before. But um, uh, a lot of lot of Jimbo's off. Jimbo said, what, 45% of his offense is opened up to Blackman, or 45% of his playbook. But that's not even including the fact that Blackman's really not checking much at the line of scrimmage. Jimbo's really having to water down the the complexity of which he likes to call plays, and we know if you've watched Florida State or heard anything about Jimbo Fisher, you know how complex Jimbo Fisher's offense is, and it, honestly, that's what it takes for Jimbo's offense to succeed is complexity because that's just the nature of it. Um, and um, Blackman is not able to give him any freedom to call complex schemes right now, uh, which is a nice little segue into... What did you think about Jimbo's play calling against Clemson, Ethan? I thought for the most part, you know, like he did what he could with the quarterback situation and playing against a team like Clemson. Um, I think that that Florida State, I mean, they obviously didn't have a good game offensively. But I don't know. I don't even know how to put this. Like James Blackman completed 13 of 32 passes. He did have 208 yards, but I guess a lot – 
like a large part of that was on that big completion to Izzo on yes, the trick play. At least at least sixty yards, maybe sixty five. So yeah. Yeah, I think it was sixty four if my memory serves me correct. Okay, yeah. I could be wrong. But okay, um right. it, and that's that's with Clemson was missing arguably their best defensive player in Christian Wilkins, who would have been another uh, Dexter Lawrence. Oh my bad, you're right. Wilkins did play. Um it was Lawrence. So that that's arguably probably their second best defensive player. Um, just a beast up there on the inside for Clemson. Yep. Um, and so I think that I, I can't really fault him on anything. The only the only questionable thing was was taking that deep shot with your your freshman quarterback. Um, it's right only out a of question because because Blackman threw it directly into the hands of. Yeah, but but you've been you've been sitting here praising Jimbo for being conservative every turn with James Blackman, and now it's like okay, not being. Conservative I don't think was that was right. a. I don't think that was a. I don't think that was like some aggr- like super aggressive play call. You 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 didn't even want to you didn't even want to go for it earlier and throw passes at the end of a half, uh, when when it was. You know that the game wasn't directly on the line at that point in time, so you can't say I'm come out sure of it. Are you talking to me? Oh, you're talking to J- about Jimbo. I was, I was. Uh, I was yeah, yeah, there. yeah. I'm talking. So, well, no, yeah. In the Miami game, I remember right before half when Blackman threw the pick. You were, you were advocating saying like we shouldn't, you know, we should have just sat on it and not done anything when he threw the oh, interception because no, no, it was because we were in field goal range. No, we weren't in field we goal. We were range like when the forty. We're at their forty yard line, bro. What you talking about, Clemson or Miami? Miami. <laughs> When he threw that pick right before, when he threw that right before the half, that was in Miami territory. No, because it was all it was to the right. It was to the right sideline, bro. No, no, no. That was the that was right out of the half. Oh, you're right. But still, we were in Florida State was on the on the edge of field goal range with Clemson right there to tie the game. So it's the same scenario. Yeah, yeah. I guess Um, the only thing I'll say is it's pretty conventional to take a shot out of the. Yeah, but that's the problem. It is conventional. Teams expect. I don't know, but it used used to be something that was like, okay, we're gonna catch him by surprise. We're gonna go out here and take a shot. But now it's like almost expected that you do that. If Blackman, I don't really think that it's you know it doesn't it doesn't have that novel value anymore. If Blackman would have read the weak side safety like the play indicates as the first thing he's supposed to do. Never would have happened. If he reads every play perfectly, then there would. Oh, not perfectly. Just, just. Just the only thing he has to do to not throw a pick when the game's on the line. But I guess we could critique Jimbo for Blackman's mistakes. That works, too. Um, critique a coach for putting his players in the situation to make mistakes. Yes, that yeah, is. Yeah, but we can't keep critiquing him for putting Blackman in because it's all he has. Right, It's the only option he has right now. I so mean, yes we should, no. we should At this point, what do you mean no? What do you want to put in Constantino? You think that would be better? No, but you got Hawkman and you always you had that. Hawkman is shoulders injured, bro. Injured. No, not. He's been practicing fine. He's pre- no, not fine. He li- he's injured. He liter- Jimbo praised him today for the for the progress he's been making and right. how he's been you, playing. Do you well think it'd practice. be wise to throw Blackman in in this dumpster fire? I think we talked about this last week. No, I don't think it'd be wise, but you can't say he doesn't have any other options. So you think it'd be stupid for him to put in Constantino, and you don't think it'd be wise for him to put in Hawkman and DeAndre Francois out for the season, but you think he has other options. I mean, he always could if he if he legitimately thought that that Hawkman would give him more. He could always put in Hawkman. Yeah, but I don't think it's worth putting in Hawkman to this mess. I we mean, talked about this last week, but yeah, okay. So we this is this is kind of nice because we did just talk about the quarterback situation. Um, because the next thing I really want to talk about is, and you've brought it up to me seemingly every game, 
why has James Blackman regressed so much? What is your take on on why James Blackman um, uh, to to define regression? The first game against NC State, he completed more than fifty five percent of passes. Um, just off the top of my head, for two hundred seventy eight yards, I think it was like fifty nine for two percent for two seventy eight, and a touchdown to Tate, the one touchdown and no picks. Yep. So that was his start as the first game ever. And every game since then has been worse and worse. Um, why? To me, it's like a it's a combination of a lot of factors when you really get into it. Um, one is that teams obviously, as you get film, as teams get film on him within Florida State's offense, they see what he's good at, what he's not good at, what he's comfortable with, and they take take what he's comfortable with away. And, and teams have been doing that. But I also think, I think he's probably a little bit dinged up in some sense he's been getting blasted like some of the hits he took against clemson i'm not really sure how he got up to be honest and tough that's the new yeah new brand i guess that's what you have to be to play it's first it started out that it was a it was a real positive attribute and now it's kind of like a prerequisite to get back there and it's not even that it's not even that that they're tough it's that they don't have a choice they want to play exactly it's like it's it's not that they're like noticeably tough it's just that they get used to getting hit 20 times a game it's bad and and i think that is because they hold the ball too long but knowing they hold the ball too long jimbo should still be able to dial something a little bit different up so that they don't and not all of it is because they hold the ball too long some of it not some of it might be and i think some of it also goes back to the complexity of the offense like no offense is completely devoid of option routes and stuff like that but jimbo's according to former players relies on option routes and stuff like that so heavily so it puts a lot more reads on both quarterbacks and receivers there's a lot more room for miscommunication and sometimes that kind of stuff causes the ball to be held too long my only take on the james blackman regression um that i'll give right now is that i think in the first game if you recall against nc state he threw a lot of um sideline routes outs comebacks however you want to nothing was over the middle Exactly. And not and and it was he threw I think like eight to Tate in the first half like at one point it was like three in a row, and teams got teams got were aware of that. He threw in the Wake Forest game he threw a bunch of screen passes. Remember that? Yeah. Teams are now aware of that. So uh, you haven't seen much of that in the, the past weeks mainly because teams are taking it away, and that I think that's the regression is it's it's understandable, um, for James Blackman to regress because. He can't do everything at this stage in his career. And when you have tape on somebody who can only do a couple things well and is only comfortable, really, doing a couple things, it's not not that hard to take him away. Especially when you have talent like Clemson and Miami and Alabama, not that he played against Alabama, and NC State. Um, that's that's about it. Uh, yeah, no, one I, thing I think I, my – go ahead. Go ahead. I think my just one thing is is honestly talking about how much these quarterbacks are getting hit. And I, you know, this has been a pretty debated topic. And, and I guess, yes, some of it is your fault. Uh, you know, some of it is the quarterback's fault. But when you put, when when you're trying to recruit guys, and they see these quarterbacks, Florida State's quarterbacks, getting completely blasted on a week to week basis. I mean, on like I, I wouldn't come and play behind a, a team that has their quarterbacks hit. So if I was an elite quarterback, 
I, I just there's no reason to risk your future like that. I mean, these guys like James Blackman took hits against Clemson that he had no business taking as a 170 pound freshman. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Before we get into our favorite segment, I want to say one thing. Uh, so last week we had an overreaction or accurate a question, which is what we're about to get into that we talked about. Would it be better for Jimbo Fisher to leave or stay? I, I said last week that I think it would be better for the program for him to leave, even if you got a coach that was a little bit lesser as, of a coach just because the new blood, new identity, new excitement around the program. Now, after thinking about it, I think Jimbo Fisher with a new staff I would rather have than a new coach. And as we every day it seems like that's becoming more and more like likely. And just during the Clemson game, I was thinking about if, if this Jimbo with a whole new staff, especially if he can get some guys like – the, the people the people you throw names on, I don't really want to even say their names because he might not end up getting them, but I think FSU ultimately is a very attractive place to assistant coach at because there's so much talent. And when when you if you're a linebacker's coach and you have as much linebacker talent as FSU has, it's easy to look good. If you're a defensive line coach and you have as much defensive line talent as FSU has, that's an easy stepping stone to a defensive coordinator position. If you're a DB coach or a D-line coach or whatever your ultimate end goal is, to an NFL position, as others have done uh, through Florida State, namely Sal Sinceri. Uh, I mean, I, I exactly I agree with you. I, I think that. But so so I think. But do you do you think that? Okay, so say, would you rather have Scott Frost or Scott Frost or Jimbo Fisher with a completely new staff? I'm inclined to say Jimbo Fisher with a completely new staff. I say Jimbo Fisher I think, with. A- He's but don't proven you think, that he can win a national championship. Especially with a new staff that, to me, that's like a new head coach, except you're guaranteeing it's not a bust. Because Jimbo's obviously, at very least, a top 15 coach. Look, my only qualm with with that is, and I still, like I said, if I had to power rank my options, I would choose Jimbo with a new staff, a new head coach, and then third would be Jimbo with a you know relatively same staff. I agree, for staff. sure. So my, my only qualm is that Jimbo needs to kind of embrace the forward. You know, the game is is evolving. His his game, he's always, you know, bragged, oh, I run a pro-style, you know, offense, and it prepares my quarterbacks for the NFL. Well, if you look you at think a new NFL, staff will help that? I'm kind of assuming. Um, you're assuming that these guys challenge him. A little of, bit. Not even – I don't exactly, think it takes they that take much him, challenging. They take him think- out of his comfort zone a little bit. And they they introduce new ideas, and they kind of, I don't not 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 take no for an answer, but they don't just say, you know, uh, they don't just say yes every time to what Jimbo says. I, don't, I, I think don't that's think, healthy to have a little bit of challenge and change. I don't think it's as big of a is as drastic a change as people think, because FSU run ultimately runs the same running plays as every other team. The difference is minus the quarterback runs. Minus the quarterback runs, but that's such a, like that's such just a wrinkle in your like if you really think about it's it. Only a couple teams, think of, but if you think only about a couple teams, teams run their quarterback more than like five times a game. Okay, like, look. Okay, here's like, my how many question. times did Kelly Bryant have a designed run against Florida State? Okay, like Jimbo that's such a small percentage. Been, Jimbo Fisher has never been nine and zero at Florida State without someone named Jameis Winston as his quarterback. Now I realize again we've already talked about this with you know he did recruit Jameis he did develop Jameis so that's. That's not like a you can't just completely wash it away, but just if you're talking about it, take it away. And he's never been nine and zero. You look at Mark Richt with with Malik Rozier, who is not a good quarterback. Okay. You know, 
he is 9-0 right now. And yeah, I mean, they got a little lucky early in, in the year. But they did just wipe the floor with two, you know, ranked teams. I don't know though. What if they lose? What if they lose? I mean, it's. I, I the problem with that argument is it's so it's such an in the moment argument. What if Mark Rick goes seven and five next year, like he did okay, at Georgia? That's, like, look, that's fine, but he also never did. A nine and the problem with a nine and zero argument is that like Chip, we could have talked about Chip Kelly last week, and then he got his doors blown off this week. And what happens when that happens? is everybody starts questioning everything that they previously thought. Kind of like Florida State fans have got through this season is you thought I mean, my, my only point is that I think I think you avoid the 17-16 NC State games that they lost into that Florida State lost in 2012 yep. when you have a quarterback that can run because to me it, it's another given thing that that you're going to find a certain amount of success with Every game, uh, it's I just think, a, to be it's fair, a wrinkle I think, that's so hard for de- for defenses to defend that you're going to get something from it no matter what, and it makes it a lot easier. Not, it makes it easier for an offense to kind of get sustained drives and, and get points, and not not like it's not like a trump all card, but I think just that added wrinkle helps you consistently maybe score twenty seven instead of seventeen or twenty four instead of seventeen. Give me one second. Um, I see my, I see what you're saying, but FSU genuinely ran the ball with the quarterback a lot with Christian Ponder and EJ Manuel. Like I don't. And where did he go? That's my problem. He had they, eight care. He had he had eight carries in that game in 2012 NC State. How many of them are sacks? I don't know. Yeah, that's. I mean. But he did have eight carries. So I don't think he got sacked eight times. So that I'm sure no, he had a few design but, runs. No, but only. I mean. No, he he probably didn't get sacked eight times, but I mean, what, my what point is, EJ Manuel ran. He had a, he had design runs. We don't have to like that. We, we no, can, I'm not saying he didn't. I'm saying maybe I would. But I, would, I yeah. but who other than EJ Man? Jameis wasn't able to run. Like he really wasn't. He had. He, I think Jameis had as many design runs as he deserved, and he did have a couple. He scored a design run touchdown against Pitt okay, in his that, first game. He just scored. He scored a design run touchdown where he hurdled the guy against Oklahoma State. In the first game of the next season, so um, I agree. I don't know, and like, that's fine. You can, take, you can take those out of your repertoire to a certain extent when you have a guy like Jameis who maybe can't run him, but is also an elite. What court. about what about DeAndre Francois? Like DeAndre I think Francois they ran can, him. He, he can mm, run. He can. I, run. I, I don't think so. He Not ran pretty well. Was asked to. He ran untouched pretty well. I don't recall him ever breaking a tackle. No, but you don't have to break a tackle. Uh, you just got Kelly Bryant makes a lot of people miss. Deshaun Watson made a lot of people miss. Jalen Hurts breaks a lot of tackles. Okay, if we're going to go my, to that. Look, you yes, but Jimbo's never – I don't think Jimbo will ever recruit a guy like that. That's my point. I'm not I'm – not, he doesn't need to go full Clemson here. He just needs to add it a little bit more than he does in my opinion. Because I, I, Jimbo is all, never going to – Jimbo didn't recruit Justin Fields? Jimbo did, but everybody did. I mean, what, what do you – I mean, saying, bro. My point is, he he has recruited people like that. He recruited Justin Fields very reluctantly, though. He held he off recruit. until no, no, he held off until the last possible second while looking at other. He didn't. He he recruited guys like Jace Reuter and 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 these other guys before he recruited a guy like Justin Fields, and that's the truth. So I mean, he very reluctantly kind of. Because That's fine, but still, I mean, you, you're not recruiting a guy like Fields, you know, holding off as long as they did. They held off way long on, on, on recruiting. I agree. All right, I think we're getting a little off topic here. 
Um, so let's get into the overreaction or accurate real quick. Um, I'll, I'll dish them out this time, and I'll let you uh, give me your answer. Overreaction or accurate? Miami is currently the top program in the state of Florida. Uh, this is tough. Uh, I don't even really, really tough one. I, I, there's so many levels that you can identify yep. this on. I mean, yep. if you're thinking about program, um, I don't know if they've achieved that yet. They don't. Even, they don't have an IPF yet. I mean, that's a dumb thing to harp on. But you're or talking an, about or an ACC division title until it, yesterday. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's something that's. You know, it's hard to go on. They're be- they definitely, like, I'll say this. They definitely are the best team in the state right now. Like, that's not even a question. And, and they definitely have the most program momentum of any team in the state right now. But I don't know that they're inherently the best program in the state. I mean, they, they pro- on roster, I mean, it, this this is going to change and, and get a lot closer. But on roster right now, they don't have the talent on paper that Florida State has, which is kind of egregious with the way that Florida Quick. State's... Quick side, quick sidebar. Do you think Miami and Clemson? What do you think about about that game? Just who's your initial pick? My, I mean, I guess Clemson just because they've been there before, and, and okay. Miami hasn't. But like, I, I don't think it's an easy pick. I think it's almost fifty fifty. I'm not super impressed by what I see out of Clemson, and Miami has a lot of momentum right now. And it's kind of weird to think that that game, right? You know, Miami could very well be in the playoff. Like, th- there's a legitimate chance that they beat Clemson. Or even if they, even if they go 12 and one with a loss to Clemson and a couple other weird things happen, assuming Clemson doesn't lose and gets in the playoff, and and their only loss was to the number two or three team in the country at 12 and one. No, I exactly. I, I think you know. I'm just saying. I like, mean, I they're think not. They a, they're, in, they have to have some other chaos, but it's not out of the they question. Could, they could they might argue regardless. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Chip Kelly, overreaction or accurate? Chip Kelly is a great hire for UF. I don't – okay, he, I think he's kind of in the second tier for them in terms of guys I wouldn't want to see them hire. You, you've got – to me, Scott Frost would be the top one because he's literally Chip Kelly, but he's younger. He's recruited Florida heavily already as a head coach, and he's you know he, he's younger and, and just – I guess has that more motivated. Yeah, more motivated and, and a, doesn't have the baggage. What what word can I say to describe Chip Kelly on here that's family I, friendly? I honestly don't even like he's such a weird personality and less of a kind of followed him around. I don't even um, I, I don't know where to go with it. Egotistical yeah, person? That, yeah. that works. So yeah, I mean, yeah, and then I guess Taggart would be up there. He hasn't blown the door, you know, really Recruited just rooted Florida though. Exactly, and that he would kill recruiting Florida. So I, I don't think that he's, you know, I, I think Taggart and, and Frost would be my two that I wouldn't want to see them higher. And then in the second, the second tier would be proven guys like Mullen and, and, and Kelly. And so I think people, people are, Florida State fans, I think, are kind of using Chip Kelly's, he's admitted in the past that he's not a, he, he's not a huge fan of recruiting, which is why he probably made that jump to the NFL. And, I, and people are like harping on that. Florida State fans are kind of hopefully, but I think you get a guy with the offensive pedigree that Kelly has, and you surround him with a good staff at Florida, and that you know that that logo will recruit for itself. And I think, I mean, I don't think they're going to have any huge problems recruiting, especially on the offensive side of the ball under Chip Kelly. So I mean, I, I, that's where I disagree part. a little bit. I think that they will have trouble recruiting. Obviously, their recruiting will go up because McElwain couldn't recruit anything. Um, but I do think like a lot of it is effort and like 
when you have people like Mark Richt and Jimbo Fisher in your state, two of the most notorious recruiters in the country um, when it comes to head coaches, and then just bordering you guys like Kirby Smart and um, Nick Saban even. Like, I just – I do think he'll – it's not like a layup to him to get a bunch of good offensive well, to me, players. Okay, I know there's enough to go around in Florida. I get that, but and I'm just saying I don't think he. I like I think it's very possible that Chip Kelly comes into Florida and signs the third best class in the state for the for his the, his entire um, tenure there. And I also think one reason it's potentially the reason it's, it's potentially a good. I'll just put it this way: it's a good hire for Florida potentially if they hire him. Everything's potentially. It's a good hire for Florida because you're guaranteed. I would say eight wins a season. You're guaranteed to have a, at least in the second year, an elite offense. Well, you're and, also and honestly that's the biggest thing they need right now as a the program. The problem is, he's not. He doesn't want to recruit. He doesn't want to be a college football head coach, for at least long term. And I feel like the first sign of success, he'll bolt. Which as a program, it's not. Yeah, it would be nice if Florida made it to the SEC championship, and I don't really think they could win it because Alabama's just so far ahead of everybody else. I don't really know. Maybe they beat Florida State, go 12-0, and and lose to Alabama in the SEC championship, we'll say, or go 11-1 and and then beat Alabama. And then Kelly Bolts, what did you really accomplish with that hire? Yeah, you got one good season, but do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I think that applies to pretty much any coach looking to Enter but, the but SEC most right coaches now. Most coaches don't, though. Most they coaches, don't bolt. Yeah, no. I'm just I, most I'm coaches don't have an end goal. The NFL. That's what no, I'm saying. No, I agree. I'm just saying, like right now. Like, I mean, Kelly's what is your... end goal is so clearly the NFL, though. That I do, I just think at the first sign of a real like an NFL. If he let's be honest, if he had an NFL contract offer right now or Florida, where would he be? He'd be in the NFL because he. I mean, okay. admittedly, he and, wouldn't and be broadcasting. Passengers. I mean, but, but, but again, we have seen that in the past where coaches fail in the NFL and come back and stick around for the long term. I mean, Saban did see, it. So, I mean, it, it's not crazy to think he might have changed some. Yeah, but Saban did a definite answer. But he didn't say Saban, he hated recruiting. I think the difference between Sa- Saban said, oh, I, I, I like rec- I didn't realize in the NFL I couldn't get seven first round picks a, a class. Yeah, I could only get one a year, not seven. Yeah. One a year, not seven, not eight like they do. Um. Last one for this, our segment, is another interesting one. I think we had three really good ones this week. Derwin James is no longer a top 10 overall pick in the NFL draft after this season. Can I go first on this one? Go for it. I think he's going to destroy the combine, and I think he's going to be a first-round pick. I think he's going to put up like 30 reps on the bench, which is just insane for a safety. I think he's going to run like a high, like a high 4-5, which is plenty fast. And I think he's going to just blow the doors off the jumping and the athleticism stuff. So I just – with that and his freshman tape, I just think he has top 10 written all over him. And it's not even me saying he's a top – like I'm not even really saying he, he's worth a top 10 pick as a football player right now, although I'm sure that argument can be made. It's quite clear that FSU is using him to – fill the voids in their defense that are left by guys who are either not trying hard or not don't know what they're doing. Uh, Derwin also has really stepped it up. He was the safety player of the week. I think the last or the PFF safety in the ACC 
the last two weeks, I believe. So while it's not that noticeable, it seemed like he had a bunch of solo tackles against Clemson. But I think he'll be a top 10 pick. So I think that is um, an overreaction. I think they'll be right there, kind of. I think he'll be right there on the fringe. Uh, like I said, I agree with you. I think he's going to blow the combine, you know, off the charts. And it, it it's an I think he could be one of the best combine performers ever. I really do. Um, we'll see. I, I, I think he's up I, there. I, just, I mean, I'm not sure. I, I just, I'm hesitant to really just make that kind of claim because we saw like a guy like Dalvin Cook. I thought he was, I mean, maybe not see, destroy. But, I, but do you know how much, do you know how much Derwin benches? Oh, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. As a that, freshman, dude. he was benching 405, one rep max or one rep max, and now you just have to assume that's about 450. Now, I mean, after two years, it better be. Yeah, otherwise, and so that that translates to like 25, 30 reps. That's ridiculous. Yeah. No. I mean, I see. Look. But, like, strength isn't something – I mean, it, yeah, it's big in oh, football. But, sh- but, w- but when you match it with a 4.5 and a 42-inch vert, it is. Okay, okay my – look, I'm just going to say it this way. My only – So do you think it's an overreaction or accurate, bro? Come on. I, so I think it'll be on the fringe. I don't – I don't. Okay. I, I, so you think I, it'll be, like, it'll be a top 15 pick then? Yeah, yeah. My, okay. only th- my only thing that I think could hold him back in the eyes of NFL guys is he hasn't ever really spent a ton of time playing a traditional safety role. And so you don't ha- you only have so much film on him, you know, playing his traditional strong safety role, which is what he's going to play in the NFL. So I mean, we don't know what what you know we've seen some plays, but we don't know on a consistent basis what he's going to do when he's you know got a when he's playing too deep and he's got to take it you know cover a guy all the way out to the sideline, help over top that kind of stuff. You know, there's there's different things that we haven't seen him do uh, with the same frequency as other as you know safeties. Yeah, that's fair. So that's Although my, I will say that. I will say that like him edge rushing and playing in the box can only help him as far as just like Ramsey when people say he Oh, he's a better safety, da 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 that only helps in the eyes of NFL execs. Like, him, like the fact back. that Ramsey could have been an elite safety doesn't hurt him being an elite corner, as I mean clearly rivals like to point out that he was a better safety in a corner, da, 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 and now he's a top easily top three corner in the NFL. I don't think any he might, he's he's in the in the running for defensive player of the year as a second year corner that's unheard of. Okay, um, we got Twitter questions to get to. That's all I want to talk about for there. Do you want to go Twitter questions or quick? I, I want to give some quick NFL updates first. Okay, we can the, we can hit the NFL the stuff. No, the Knowles and the pros. All right, first of all, it's kind of depressing cream. to be honest. Yeah, it's it's a depressing season. It's a depressing just all around. We're hoping me and Ethan are hoping for FSU basketball. Uh, to pull through and give me a nice little seed in the tournament there. Agreed. But j- just to boost my morale, really. Okay, so Devonta Freeman is out for a, a while, at least a few weeks, with his second concussion of the season. Discouraging. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of stinks. He hasn't even been getting the like the usage that he had been getting this year. He's a little bit lighter usage, so it's kind of... Kind of stinks for him to be out. This one looks to be like a, maybe a multi-week absence with his second concussion of the year. FSU's other best offensive player in the NFL. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, Jameis Winston. Never heard he's of him. Out for no, never. He's pretty good. You look at his highlights. Yeah. Uh, never. Or he's out for at least a couple weeks, potentially this season. Uh, Logan, our producer, pointed out that on Twitter, I believe that he said he said in an interview that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to. 
officially the Bucks have only said he's out for like a couple weeks or whatever, week to week. And he said in an interview that Ryan Fitzpatrick would lead them to a strong finish of the season or whatever. So that's just something to keep an eye on. I think at this point, why not sit him for the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, he went to visit the, the famous surgeon. I he think did. it's James Andrews, yeah. I, honestly, uh, I don't know. I just Every time I see his name in the news, I wonder how rich that, that dude is. Oh, yeah. Pensacola. If he's that rich, why is he living in Pensacola? I'm sorry to the people who live in Pensacola here, but there's a lot, at least richer parts of Florida. I won't say nicer because Pensacola is pretty nice. Have you ever been over there, Ethan? No, I've actually never been to Pensacola. Pretty nice. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. No reason to play like, in this year. Okay. Yeah. Um, next, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, uh, playing for the bills who now have benched Tyrod Taylor and we'll start Nathan Peterman. Who, People um, kind of, yeah, was the he was pick the quarterback, pick quarterback last year and Florida State didn't play him ever because he was in the coastal and we played Pitt in 2013 when Savage was their quarterback, um, who's also in the NFL. So Good for Pittsburgh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I think Benjamin's production is obviously just going to go down from here. It's a shame because the, although Cam Newton hadn't been that great, the drop off from Cam Newton to Nathan Peterman is, uh, it's such a strange team. trade. Like uh, it, uh, it, it didn't make I any think it's sense they to didn't me think when they were going to resign him. It, it does make sense. I don't think they're going to resign him. Okay, but still, why? Why the Bills? Like, why? Why would the Bills give up? I mean, it wasn't that much, but why? But they gave up a third and a seventh round pick because they lost Sammy Watkins. They didn't have a number one receiver. Yeah, and I they think don't. maybe they think they can resign resign him. You never know. I don't think it was that. I mean, they got a first round pick for a third and a seventh with a chance to resign him. Um, yeah, I doubt he resigns. And in- no, yeah, I agree. I hope he goes. To, I was thinking he, I earlier in his career. I hope he went to Tampa, but I don't think it's a possibility now because I don't. Mike Evans yeah, Evan, or Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, Jackson are certainly not playing in the slot, and they're both there for the foreseeable future. So, I don't know. Yeah, it, no, there's, interesting there's, there's some the interesting off It'll be interesting in the offseason to point out. So, I'd love to see him go with Green Bay or New England or New Orleans just to get an elite quarterback. That'd be I'd great. I'll tell you what. I, I, you know, this is obviously going to be a, an interesting kind of rebuild, but I think – Look out. This is like an outside team to watch for him. Maybe the Niners with, with a Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that and Kyle Shanahan. I think that that team's gonna. They played some teams tough this year and, and lost some close games. I think they're gonna be back on the winning, the winning side of things sooner rather than later. So I think that might be an interesting look for him. I think Kyle Shanahan's gonna be a really good head coach. I agree personally. I agree. Um, Nick O'Leary, first NFL touchdown this Sunday. Garbage time from Nathan Peterman against the Saints. Right, Ethan Saints. They Saints blew him out. Yeah, like forty-five. Uh, or something like that. Yeah, so so good for Nick. Um, people might have thought he'd good have for, a- good for Nick though. Like I never thought with his measurables he would stick in the NFL, and he's he's stuck for for he, longer he really than did. the average guy. Still no gloves. If you guys were wondering, still no gloves. And, and whose um, grandson is he again? I don't. Uh, who I don't. I don't remember. You remember? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I've never I, heard. I haven't mentioned mentioned it like three hundred times. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like Nick something, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, sounds familiar. All right. Uh, And then Jalen Ramsey. What do you know about Jalen Ramsey, Ethan? Uh, I know that Jalen Ramsey um, was was a really underappreciated Seminole by many, including myself. And this year he's arguably the defensive player of the year. And without a doubt, like you said earlier, top three corner in the NFL. I know he's a diva. 
I know he has easily top five swag in the NFL. I know he hammered Melvin Melvin Gordon on Sunday. I don't know if you guys saw that. If you haven't, just YouTube it. To me, he's crushed him in the flat. He does have a little bit of a little bit of attitude. I think we talked about this. I'm not sure we talked about this last week. I have never seen an interview of such an established NFL player get beat down like he did, like um, like AJ Green did in the Ramsey interview. That was unbelievable. That Ramsey said that he's soft. He's not good. He's not going to last in the league much longer. To me, my favorite yeah, one part kick was the for fact. six yards. My favorite part was the fact that he that he he came out there and said that his teammates that that AJ Green's yeah, teammates said he was soft. He had him, yeah. And then Ramsey said he pushed him on every play. Go watch the tape. Every play. That's hysterical. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And he said, "Don't put your hands on me. Not even run plays. Don't put your hands on me." That's funny. All right. Last uh, last segment. We had we had a couple good Twitter questions. Um. And then I guess we can give our Delaware State game prediction just because we have. Oh, by the way, Ethan, game prediction. What was the final score? 31 to 14? 31, yeah, 14. I had had 24 to 7. It's pretty close. I I think mine was closer. I can't even remember. It was something like 27. I think it was 27 to 14 or something like that. I can't remember. 31 to 14. I think it was 27. I was a touchdown too, too short on both teams. All right, but th- let's get into this Twitter questions. I'll read the first one. You can read the, se- the second one. All righty. Uh, you can read the next two. First one is from at underscore young underscore guap. Uh, do you guys think the lack of leadership from the upperclassmen has already made an impact on the young guys we got now? Uh, you want okay. to take- start? Ethan, go ahead. Yeah, I'll just say to me – like it, it, it started. The leadership problem started and kind of carried into the younger guys in 2014, when when there was a little bit of a. I mean, I don't think there was there was obviously not a huge lack of leadership because Jameis Winston was still there, but I think on the defensive side of the ball, um, there might have been you know with with Telvin departing, there might have been a little bit of. You know, a little bit of a lack of leadership on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that's kind of. They they still won and got away with it. So that so I think those habits down. did trickle down. But I think this year they're not winning. So the guy the younger guys realize that this isn't good. Like this isn't right. And so these habits aren't gonna aren't going to set in That's because they're not accomplished. You know they're not accomplishing anything. There's your answer, Guap. The young guys are gonna be hungry because they're losing, and the leadership is not gonna trickle down. Because if anything, they're gonna go. We need new leaders. We need a leader. Somebody step up. Because these guys, Marvin Wilson doesn't want to lose. Kando doesn't want to lose. Cam Akers doesn't want to lose. These guys came to Florida State to win. And they're definitely alpha dogs. Okay. Uh, you can read this question. Alrighty. So this is from Amari Burton. And the question is, who's the next big quarterback recruit for the future we should go after? Okay, Ethan, I'll let you take this because you're the recruiting guy. Um, and then I'll just touch on what I think at the end. I mean, I haven't done a whole lot of research. I mean, in Florida State, I, I, I assume he means in this class. In this class, I, I have think no Jimbo idea. Jimbo doesn't even real. It's not. It's not public yet who he's trying to go after, and it might not even. He might not even fully know yet. I'm sure he has ideas, um, but I think the next alternative is um, Grant Gunnell, 2019. Since you said big QB recruit, 
Uh, he committed to Texas A&M this summer. It came down to FSU and Texas A&M. Texas A&M is more than likely going to fire Kevin Sumlin, their head coach, at the end of the season, as most of you know, because they're trying to hire Jimbo Fisher. But if Sumlin leaves, depending on who they hire, and depending on how FSU performs next season, or I guess yeah, that won't totally affect it because he'll probably be committed before then. Um, but he could always be, flip it, down the stretch. Yeah, he could always flip, but that rarely happens after a season is all With I'm quarterbacks, yeah. No, um, yeah, I, I think he, you know, I, I think so that's Grant the guy. Gunnell, Grant Gunnell's the guy I would look for because he's like the top 2019 quarterback recruit, and he's at least somewhat interested in FSU. Um, last question from Patrick Sanders. What coaches should FSU retain and names should FSU want? Uh, coaches. So it's kind of hard to say what coaches FSU should go after because that's a, a lot of that to do is with preference and prior relationships. So that's going to come down to who Jimbo feels most comfortable working with. And all I would say is look, I would look from the Saban tree for new coaches because that's Jimbo's philosophy came from Nick Saban or at least a lot of it. And he trusts Saban bred coaches because that's all, that's what he is. That's what um, Pruitt was. And that's kind of what he tries to stick with. Um, what coaches should FSU retain? There's a good argument that no, you, you retain None of them. I think that personally they should retain Odell Higgins because he's been a great recruiter and coach and, like, I don't know, ambassador for the university. And I don't think he's lost his touch. What do you think, Ethan? I think that's the only one who should set have any restrictions. Yeah. yeah, I think Higgins is set in stone. I, I mean, I like Loing, and, and I think we saw what he was able to do last year. I don't think this year is really indicative of, of what he is as a coach. But I think I, I, think, I think he might be choosing – I think he might be choosing to leave. So I think that I don't think he'll be staying. Um, about the only one other one that I'll come out and cape for a little bit is Jay Graham as, as a running backs coach. He's done a pretty good job with his running backs and uh, he's a, you know, low key, decent recruiter. Not great. I mean, they landed who they land last year. I know he's a, I know he's the North Carolina area recruiter. So they landed Hampson Nazaraldine who they flipped. But that, that was, that was, didn't lawing. No, no, that was entirely Graham. Graham went to the same high school. Okay, that's it. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I, I we were and recruiting someone that also, went to Longs High School too. His position coach. They also recruited. Cam, I don't know if you guys have heard of him, Cam Akers, uh, Kalen Laybourne, and Zaquan J. White. So, so that's yeah, a, a I, I think he has an call. argument to stay. I, I, I think if he stays, though, he, you know, he's not coaching special teams right now. It's in his title, but he's not coaching it right now. Um, that's definitely got to go elsewhere. All right. Special teams duties. Let's do the predictions. Uh, I'll give you a little insight. FSU is a 55-point favorite. Delaware State is horrible, atrocious, one of the worst FCS teams in the country. I think Ethan said they have something like 26 turnovers on the season. So they're just not – they don't execute. Uh, obviously, they don't have a lot of talent. So it's just going to be a, an extreme overmatching of um, talent on the field. And I, I know – when I say talent, like these guys couldn't play it. I don't know. St. Thomas Aquinas High School, a lot of them. So just just keep that in mind when FSU runs and throws and absolutely dominates this team on Saturday. But what I'll go with what what's your score prediction, Ethan? I'll go forty-two to seven. So I'll go a thirty-five point win. I don't think they cover the fifty-five because I think Jimbo's smart enough to not try to run the score up and instead try to do things that. James Blackman is uncomfortable with and that 
try to install some things for Florida, which I know he will. I don't have to guess. Or he'll try to install some things for Florida. Um, so I think that um, they, they will. I don't think FSU scores sixty, and if they do, it's because they they try to run the clock out and Delaware State literally can't tackle. I mean, uh, I this this game is so meaningless in so many different ways. I don't really so even many. know. I don't even really know where to go with the score prediction. I'll just say fifty to ten or something like that. I mean, fifty-five it, zero. How do you get to that? Uh, I don't know, I, and I don't I, care. Quite frankly, it's just I, like a ballpark. Ballpark it, fifty to ten. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. Uh, it's I, so meaningless that I don't even care to count up the touchdowns and the field goals. And who knows? Maybe they'll get a, a safety or two. Uh, I don't even. I don't even know. Uh, I don't care enough about the score to this game. Anything you're looking s- for. Briefly, anything you're looking for in this game? Anything that's important? I mean, I guess trying some things with Blackman, but I don't know how much, like, I don't know what you install against a team like Delaware State is going to apply to, like, if you run some things for the first time against Delaware State, I don't know if, you know, I don't think it just, I don't, I don't really not confident that it'll translate over even playing a team, you know, like Florida, who obviously isn't great, which neither is Florida, neither is Florida State, so not, not a dig, just a, you know, just truth. You can still dig Florida, Ethan. It's okay. <laughs> I, I try All to right. hold off in years where Florida State's three and six. So, yeah, it helps when they're three and six, though. That's true. It does help. One thing I'll say, my only thing I'm looking for, Ethan, is nobody in the injury tent because we do, we do we do need. Although Florida's three and six, we are also three and six, and we do need to to get that win to keep the streak alive and uh and yeah keep the bull streak alive. it would be a horrible loss it really would because they've been blown out by missouri uh obviously georgia and then they lost to will muschamp last week which is kind of ironic sweet sweet uh, revenge for will for willie all right but that wraps up this episode of hear the spear uh you can catch us on itunes soundcloud and google play next time you're listening if you have a preferred method of listening just check it out uh, other than that, we'll talk to you guys next week. Ethan, uh, well, are you gonna bring an Ethan? Are you gonna bring an instant reaction podcast this week, Ethan, or is it not worth it with Delaware State? Uh, if I see anything that's worthy of bringing one, I'll bring one. I'm not too optimistic Otherwise, that that's gonna okay. be the the case. But um, as we sign off, I'd like to encourage everybody: if you like the podcast, go ahead and drop us a five star review. It really helps us out, and we do really appreciate it. All right, that wraps up this week. Talk to you guys next week.